Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then, at 8.19, Taiwan swore in a new president at the end of last week. A first-ever female president, marking another milestone in the country's development. Tsai Ing-wen said that Taipei and Beijing should look beyond the divisions of history, though, for the benefit of people on both sides of the Taiwan Strait, obviously reflecting on a long-running debate over Chinese-Taiwan ties. Let's talk now with Emily Rahala, China correspondent for The Washington Post. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. Great to have you with us. So... The inauguration speech that I just referred to was evaluated to have taken a cautious approach. What's your view on that? Well, the really big question heading into her speech, of course, was how she was going to handle this thorny question of cross-strait relations. Um, Beijing had said via state media and via their um, officials that they really wanted her to acknowledge what's called the, what they call the 1992 consensus, or the idea that there is, quote, one China. Um, and this is a framework that um, the KMT government negotiated with the Chinese side in 1992 that says there's one China and we can sort of, you can think that what that means on your side, we'll think what that means on our side, but we're going to figure it out later. Of course, um, Dr. Tsai's party, or now President Tsai, has never really believed that there was a consensus on this issue. And of course, she was not keen to say so in her speech. Um, in the end, what she did was sort of talk around that point. She said she acknowledged the 1992 meetings as a historical fact without ever using the word consensus. And then, as you mentioned, she said all those things about moving beyond historical baggage and moving forward. So it was a way to please her Taiwanese constituents and also not uh, push Beijing any further. Yes. Obviously, it's impossible to completely move forward and forget the past. Uh, China certainly is not going to let that happen, has threatened to cut off ties, uh, certainly regular communication with Taiwan, unless we get this acknowledgement of the one China principle. What's then at stake? Is it mainly economics from Tsai Ing-wen's perspective? Right. I mean, I guess the first thing to remember is, is China says a lot of things. Um, the run-up to this election and to the inauguration has been sort of full of comments from the Chinese side, vague threats, specific threats. Um, I think it's important to remember that, that they were not surprised by this. They likely knew what she was going to say, but they just wanted to make their position clear. Um, that said, they do have things that they can do to make Thai feel the pinch at home. And as you mentioned, that's that's mostly to do with tightening the levers on trade and tourism. Tsai has come to power saying she really wants to revitalize the Taiwanese economy. Um, by, by tightening restrictions on trade and tourism, China can sort of make that more difficult and in turn make her, it more difficult for her to achieve her campaign promises. Yeah, can you talk to us a bit more about those domestic challenges, which have probably been overlooked uh, when it comes to this comparison with other issues like handling Beijing, but they obviously tie together when we think of the economic impact? Exactly. Um, this election, 
Ty's whole campaign was very much thought, very much fought, excuse me, on bread and butter issues. The number one issue for people in Taiwan right now is the cost of living, uh, especially for young people. There's a sense that the number and quality of jobs is not enough, um, that the cost of living has exceeded pay. And what you're seeing is a lot of people, again, particularly the young, saying, you know, my salary is not enough for me to rent a flat in the capital, let alone to buy. What does that mean for my future? Mm. Um, and, of course, this also links very closely with the, with the idea of brain drain. If young Taiwanese feel like they can't make a living and they can't live comfortably and have children in the country, they're going to leave. Um, of course, this is about the economy, but with Taiwan, the question of relations with China is always sort of in the distance somewhere. Um, the previous government, um, the Ma administration, said when they came to power in 2008, ties with China are going to change this. We're going to get closer to China. They're an economic behemoth. And this is going to bring all of us up to a higher standard of living. And what Taiwanese people who voted for Tsai Ing-wen have said is that didn't happen. Um, we need to strengthen our economy on its own, separate from China, um, which, of course, is a, a tough task. Yeah. So how likely are we to see a, a, a change in the tone of this new president, having been elected uh, on the back of the Sunflower Movement uh, since 2014 and, and various other strong statements uh, in which, you know, Taiwan's independence was very much uh, put forward. Are we likely to see a few more compromises than she ideally would have expected or hoped for initially? I think on the question of cross-strait ties, she's going to continue to walk this extremely fine line that she's walking now. Uh, she's going to, um, for instance, in her inauguration speech, the focus of the speech, the first, you know, three quarters of the speech was about the economy. She was signaling that what she's going to do first is try to tackle the economy. Uh, the people that she's chosen for her cabinet are mostly focused, people with economic experience, people who are going to, um, she hopes, uh, revitalize the Taiwanese economy. Um, the question is, and this is always the question in Taiwan, how does China play, play into this? My feeling with her, based on what she said, or based on her campaign, based on her character, is that she's going to continue to be, you know, quote-unquote cautious, to not deny forcefully, but also not acknowledge the 1992 consensus, the idea of one China. And she's going to see how far that can take her in terms of revitalizing the economy and getting things done at home, yeah. hopefully forestalling this conversation, this very awkward conversation, to a later date. There are others involved in this relationship, though, as well. Uh, the United States, for example, and surrounding countries, maybe even South Korea could get involved in this discussion. Uh, how important will the role of outside powers be to Taiwan's economy, regardless of how the relationship with China goes? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, one of the, her main economic plat platform was, you know, we're not going to stop trading with China, but Taiwan, is a, to have a vibrant economy, it needs to trade with a greater variety of its neighbors. So that could mean South Korea. I think they're looking also towards Southeast Asia. Um, Taiwan, of course, is constrained diplomatically because of its status. Um, it's sort of existential question as a, as a nation versus a country. But in terms of trade, it, it, it is pretty free to... A trade with its neighbors and can negotiate those on a bilateral basis. So I think we're going to see a push to bolster economic ties with neighbors. Um, the key question in terms of its 
international affairs, of course, is the United States. A lot of people in the current administration in the United States, um, as well as the think tank community, were not supportive of Tsai when she, of Dr. Tsai when she ran for office in 2012. Now she's been elected in a what's widely considered an extremely fair and uh, fair and free election. So we're going to see the United States coming around to Tsai Ing-wen and President Tsai. The question is what specifically uh, the policy will look like. Thank you so much for outlining that for us. What can be a very complex situation from the outside. Thank you. Emily Rahala from the Washington Post, the China correspondent for the WP. And if you want to email any of your own opinions or questions, efmthismorning at gmail.com. We're going to get to some of your thoughts shortly on our previous interview on corruption here in Korea, but you can keep having a say there as well. Powder Sharp 1013 451 per message, or you can contact us anytime free of charge on Kakao Talk by searching TBS EFM via Plus Friend. And if you want to hear any of our interviews again, just head to Pudbang or iTunes. Search for TBS EFM this morning to listen, download, and subscribe at your leisure.